Is the weight of the wrong that you've done in your life holding you back, weighing you down, making you feel guilty, making you feel like you are not enough in your own power, that you need to be saved from these things, that you can't do it on your own. You feel held back by all the wrong. Well, let us tell you that you've got the wrong idea and you need to jump on with blame it and claim it because it's someone else's fault and you don't need to be saved, at least according to the social justice gospel. Welcome to the Wikipedia podcast. Wikipedia podcast is brought to you by Enemies Within the Church. And you can find out more at enemieswithinthechurch.com. You can go ahead and download the video there. You can buy 100 DVDs or 200 if you need to. Just you need to buy one for every Facebook friend that you have. Well, I'm your host, Pastor Sam Jones. And of course, with me today, we've got... Uh, the the name it and blame it man himself, Kyle Witt. How are you doing? Oh no, not no, good no, anymore no. after that comment. And now I feel like I just got an identifier on me that I won't be able to shake. He just named you and blamed you. <laughs> I, I I did I did. How are you doing today, Micah? Oh man, I'm doing pretty good, Pastor Sam. Uh, you know, you and me both ginger challenged people having to stay out of the sun. It's uh, it's nice because it's nightfall, so I can actually uh, go outside after this and not get sunburnt. That 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 is nice. Uh, and I mean, to be fair, that's why most people think that redheads are vampires. It's because of Micah, um, in refusing to go out in the sun. But it, anyway, how? Very true. <laughs> How's it been going, we're, guys? We're starting off on a high note this episode. This is this is going, this is wonderful. Uh... <laughs> you know, we've gotten some feedback in the past that there's not been enough banter, but here's the thing. You know, when we do banter, it becomes kind of awkward like this. So for the two of you who are listening right now. Um, Whoa, we're up yeah, to two now? Uh, <laughs> I think we might be. I, I mean, that would be my mom and my dad probably, so... Yeah, we've got that going on for us. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just Pastor Sam, uh, how, how are you doing? I, you know, how, I, yeah, how are you doing over there? Do you have your mom and dad listening? You, you know, my mom does listen to the podcast. She listens to all the podcasts that I've ever done. Uh, she says they put her right to sleep. It really helps her sleep well at night. And so <laughs> that's that's why she listens uh, to to the podcast. Uh, it's it's it, it, It's very good, but... Uh, no, actually, for those of you who are listening, we, we need your help. We, we need you to go to YouTube and subscribe to us, hit the like button. Also, iTunes, uh, Google Play, wherever you get your, uh, your, your podcast from. I should say Spotify. That's where all Gen Z goes is to Spotify, apparently. Uh, they go there. So you need to go ahead and subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Um, we know that you'd give us a six-star if you could, but at least give us that five-star rating. Wouldn't you say, Kyle, we're, we're worth at least five stars? 
I'd say at least, but uh, you are right that our rating should go up to six. I think so. Just two stars, for us, yeah, two stars for each of us. Two stars for each of us. But ours mm -hmm. goes up to six. <laughs> All right, but but no, let's let's get what into. What are we going to be talking about today, Sam? Yeah, well, what are we going to be talking about, Kyle? That's that's what we need to get into. Uh, I think we'll be talking about the social justice gospel uh, and how it's fake or something to that uh, manner. Um, so go ahead and tell us about it. Oh, you want me to? I, I think you're opening a can of worms by having me intro that, but because this is something that agitates me because it's a distraction. No, no, no. Okay. That is not fair. It is not a distraction. It is a lie, a satanic lie that does not distract from but attempts to subvert and replace the true gospel. The true gospel that can save a man's soul from eternal damnation is being replaced with a lie that you are oppressed. It's someone else's fault about your circumstances, your situation, whatever it is. And that they need to seek forgiveness from you. But they put you in a chain of uh, oppressions where there's someone always more oppressed than you. And by virtue of that, you're their oppressor. So it's hopelessness. Hopelessness, whereas the gospel of Jesus Christ is hope. It is life. It can save you from eternal damnation. This will only put you into the grave, the grave eternally, because there is no forgiveness. There's no way out. You will never be anything other than both an oppressor and oppressed. You will be stuck in those categories despite what you've done, despite what you do do. There is no removing those stains. And because of that, we need to expose this. We need to expose the differences between the woke gospel, the social justice gospel, the Marxist gospel, and the true gospel of the Bible. And it's going to be a topic that we hammer down in Wikipedia all the time because it is critical. We want people to make sure that they have a 100% clarity when it comes to how to come to salvation and how to be set free, eternally free from the condemnation that sin, sin brings. So with that, there's a documentary, Enemies Within the Church. Go to enemieswithinthechurch.com and watch it. But we also have the resource, Wikipedia that this is a part of, but there's a website. There's a website where articles are being put out to give primary source evidence for these claims so that you can see where this social justice gospel is being pushed. And on that note, Micah, what kind of articles have we been putting out recently on Wikipedia? You know, that's a really good question, Kyle. For those of you guys who are uh, familiar with Wikipedia, um, we've put out some articles this week. Pastor Sam and I have written some things here. Um, in particular, we've been talking about what's going on in the Church of England. And we did mention this in our 
radio episode, um, which you mm-hmm. guys can listen to as well. We're going to be publishing that if we didn't already. Um, but uh, one of the things that's been going on in the Church of England is uh, they've been considering the uh, the motion to declare themselves officially homophobic. Now, this comes after they already officially declared themselves to be racist. Now, they're not saying that they're actually homophobic in a sense of, oh, yeah, we really, really fear gay people or something like that. They're also not saying that they they're not saying it ironically to say that um, they hold a biblical standard of marriage. Um, no, what they're really saying is we are guilty. Our church has been guilty of these sins in the past. And so this is us collectively confessing uh, our sin of homophobia, which, by the way, that's that's not a sin in Scripture. It's a little weird. I guess some people might have phobias of gay people, um, but uh, I, I don't think they're particularly threatening. Regardless, it's not a move that is biblical, and it is a move that is a result of cowardice. They're cowering before the LGBTQ sodomite mob. That's exactly what's going on. More than that, um, we've found out that the Church of England uh, can't even define male or female. Now, this comes right on the heels what? of the Matt Walsh documentary, What is a Woman? Yes. Yep, uh, Kyle, I'm, I'm telling you this is true. They officially, uh, in a response to a question um, from, I believe, what's his name? Adam Kendry, that's his name. Adam Kendry asked a question involving the definition of the word woman in the General Synod of the Anglican Communion. And uh, the Anglican churches in, um, the Anglican Church responded through Dr. Robert Innes, Bishop of the Anglican Church in Europe. They said this. There is no official definition, which reflects the fact that until very recently, definitions of this kind were thought to be self-evident, as reflected in the marriage liturgy. This project, however, has begun to explore the complexities associated with gender identity and points to the need for additional care and thought to be given in understanding our commonalities and differences as people made in the image of God. All of that is fluff. To say, I don't know what a woman is. I don't have a definition. Our church will not give you a definition. That's what's going on in the Anglican communion uh, right now. Another thing that's going on, given the fact that they're declaring themselves uh, homophobic, um, they are sanctioning flying pride flags in their churches. So if you think about it, pride flags are symbols of, uh, A, pride, as in the sin of pride, <laughs> one of the seven deadly sins. Um, but it's also a sin of sodomy, which is a sin that is so grievous that God destroyed two cities. That we get the word sodomy and sodomite from Sodom. That's uh, that, that's that's kind of shows you where God's at on the question of homosexuality. And so for them to fly these things in their churches is reprehensible, and it's uh, it's an act of rebellion against God. That's what's going on this week, and we've written articles on all of these things here. We've got uh, an article entitled, Church of England Can't Define Male or Female. We've got another article uh, entitled, let me see here, um, we've got another article entitled, The Church of England considers declaring itself homophobic to appease the woke. Um, And then we've got a 
article uh, on the subject of racial reparations in Britain, which we'll get into <laughs> later in this podcast as it relates yeah, to our subject right. of social justice and the unforgiveness and bitterness that it produces. That's absolutely right. I mean, it, it is just crazy what is going on in uh, in the Church of England and all of the wokeness that is going on. Uh, but one of the things we really want to dive into and talk about uh, with, with this whole idea of is the social justice gospel the real gospel? Uh, and it's not, you know, spoiler alert, we, we've already kind of gone over that. Uh, <laughs> but one of the, the, the big things that we see here is that they have the wrong bad news. See, the bad news of the gospel, of course, is that uh, Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. Actually, that's not the bad news. That's the good news here. What am I talking about? The, the bad news is, is that we have sinned. We have sinned. We have sinned against Christ uh, and against God. And that's that's the, uh, the, the real true bad news is that we have gone and violated the character of God uh, but in doing this, the the woke, they have the wrong bad news. They're saying that people have sinned against them, and they make themselves the oppressed narrative of the gospel. They're the ones who are oppressed. But in Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 7, we see a completely different story. It says this, he, no, it's not talking about your woke neighbor. It's talking about Jesus Christ. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet he was esteemed, uh, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now get this. He, Jesus Christ, was oppressed and afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and a sheep before shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Now this is a prophetic passage, guys, about Jesus Christ. Christ was the oppressed one or is the oppressed one in the gospel narrative. Um, but, but tell us, uh, like, like weigh in on this a little bit, guys. Uh, what does the woke say about this? Do they, do they really think that Christ is oppressed or do they look at it a little bit different? <laughs> well, I think that they would say that um, given the fact that he was Jewish for the time, I've heard, I've heard this, no joke. Uh, they say that he had Jewish privilege. Um, as a, as a Jewish man. And in fact, they point to, uh, various instances within scripture to try to say that Jesus used racial slurs, uh, against people who were not Jewish, particularly the Samaritans, which is deeply ironic when you consider the fact that, uh, Jesus was the one who preached the parable of the good Samaritan. Um, you wouldn't think that a racist Jesus would be talking about uh, Samaritans is good if he was racist against Samaritans, but they don't really care about that sort of thing. No, they do think that Jesus had privilege. Um, and that ultimately, I've heard this too, and in, in, in the movie Enemies Within the Church, I think there's a clip that kind of talks a little bit about this. The idea was that Jesus was the most privileged person on the planet, and then he gave up his privilege. And that's, he, he did that to 
to identify and have solidarity with the oppressed, not because he was oppressed in and of himself and his own identity, but because he wanted to identify with, with the oppression of those who are, uh, who are highest on the totem pole of, um, woke, uh, of, of the woke hierarchy, essentially. Um, Kyle, you talked about that briefly, that woke hierarchy where we've got uh, the idea that the darker your skin color, the more oppressed you are, uh, the, de depending on your gender, depending on your, uh, how you identify sexually, these things, this is, um, this is what Jesus came to identify with. That's the woke perspective. Oh, man. I... I, I... I mean, sometimes it's hard to say anything about it because it's 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 ridiculous. It's ridiculous when you look at it compared to the the true gospel. Yet there's so much confusion in the church nowadays in regards to it. But mm -hmm. there's no hope. There's no future, and it 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 hurts. And at the same time, they they create these contradictory and confusing things but what they they in the end they try to do and you Micah, you you talked right up to this point but i want to hammer it home so it's clear to people they reduce the purpose of christ's coming to earth christ did not come christ's purpose on earth was not the 30 years or the 33 years uh that he lived here it was not so he could uh, relate to us by giving up his privilege. It was the last few days. Well, I guess the last 43 days, technically, uh, between his death to his ascension. But the heart of it is, is three days. That's why he came for three days. So he could, after a life as a man, a sinless man, he could die as a perfectly righteous sacrifice to pay for the sins of mankind and then rise from the grave to prove his sovereignty over death that we might be saved from our sins, that we might be resurrected back to life they, but they make it about no 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 that that's and they'll they'll give a nod to it they'll give oh that that's important stuff but the real meat is in the 33 years before that <laughs> that's where the yeah. the meat of the gospel is found and the the social works that Christ was doing during that time the healing of people. And we're called to be healers too. Now they'll, they'll always do this bait and switch where they'll say something like Jesus miraculously here healing people and how we're supposed to be healing people, bringing reconciliation. Um, yeah. Racial two, reconciliation in particular. That's one of the yeah. big things. And uh, th that kind of goes into what's going on in the uh, church of England as well. When you think about the fact that mm -hmm. they're, um, there are people who are calling for not oh. just the Church of England, but for England as a whole now 
Um, a Christianity Today contributor calls for racial reparations from Britain to uh, the colonies. So I don't know. Maybe that would include us because my ancestors uh, came over from England. Uh, many of them did to live a better life here. And so, I, I mean, hey, maybe they owe me reparations or something. But no, that's a, it is from that heart of unforgiveness. It's exactly what you're talking about. And it comes from that misunderstanding of why Jesus came. It's also a, a, a fundamentally a misunderstanding of what the atonement is. The atonement, mm -hmm. the at-one-ment, this idea that we are not right with God naturally in and of ourselves at the moment because we have a sinful nature that we inherited as a result of the fall. But this is the thing. But God, in his mercy, has elected to show us grace through the person of Jesus Christ, who is God incarnate, just as you're saying, so that he could come and live. Yes, he did live for those 33 years or so. And then he died. And it is through his death, burial, and resurrection that we can be made alive. And it's not through these social works that he did. He, he healed the blind man. That's an amazing thing. Amen. That is an act of the love of God. That is, Amen. that's incredible. He, he healed those who were paralyzed. He healed those who had, who were demon possessed. He talked to the, to the father who, whose son was, was writhing on the ground, essentially, who, who, who was hurling himself, himself into fires and things like that, damaging himself physically because he was demon possessed. And, and, and he, he looked on them with compassion. Those things are all true, but those things are not social justice, first and foremost, because social justice has a definition, and that is a leftist concept. And it is based on this idea of the hierarchy of oppression that we talked about. What is the atonement for these people? Well, you could say that it's, it's partly the imitation of Christ for them, but their view of Christ. Well, what did Christ come to do? Well, Christ came to overturn the social hierarchy. That's their line of thinking. And so the atonement then becomes not the substitutionary death of Christ on our behalf and the life of the resurrection that he gives to us. This atonement that they believe in is the overturning of the social order. That's it. That's it. And so they, they have a wrong view of the core of the gospel, ultimately. Now, some of them might not admit that. Some of them might say, well, I do believe in the substitutionary atonement. And I'd be like, well, good. But this is totally in contradiction to that. You can't hold these both at the same time. Maybe yeah. you can compartmentalize it and psychologically just kind of divide it in your mind and not think about them both at the same time. But they're logically incompatible. The atonement cannot be simply an overturning of the social structures on this earth to the detriment of eternal life, ultimately. And by the way, the, the whole social justice standard um, is against the law of God as it is. So if that's what Jesus came to do, then you've basically got an antinomian Jesus. You have a heretical Jesus. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. I think those are really good points that you guys are, are, are bringing up. And I think it's really important to really dive into the atonement, but you guys both touched on this. And I thought it was interesting. Uh, you, you basically said that social justice warriors are coming out here and they're saying to the effect of that Jesus came to identify with us. And, and this is, this is how the social justice people work. Okay. Cause this is probably 
uh, a proof text for that. Of course, out of context, not explaining it, but Hebrews chapter four, verses starting in verse 14, it says this, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was at all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us there come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in our time of need. And so it's it's this idea that they're going and saying that Jesus is a high priest who sympathizes with us. And they go and they they focus just on that. And they say he he sympathizes with us in our oppression. But it's like they miss the second part of that verse where it says he was tested at all points as we are yet without sin. It's this whole idea of the what he's sympathizing with us is that he has endured temptation. He has endured mm-hmm. trials. And so therefore, because he endured them and still came out sinless, we too can apply the blood of Jesus Christ, the grace of Jesus Christ to our life. And we can get through that trial, that temptation without falling into sin, but actually living in righteousness. What do you guys think about that? That's right. That's right. Well, that ties into the whole idea of the antinomian Jesus, because they have a view of Jesus, right? That that he is here to overturn the social hierarchies in this social justice oriented fashion. But a social justice is defined the way that all the social justice warriors do. That's an antinomian Jesus, because that social justice definition naturally has to say that homosexuality can be accepted. Naturally, it has to say things like reparations, which is ultimately stealing from people, is okay. These are violations of God's commands. And so not only do they say that that Jesus came to sympathize with us, but when they say things like Jesus came to identify with us, what they're really saying is Jesus came to identify with us in our sin, which is the opposite of what that verse in Hebrews tells us. Kyle, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, the echoing that there's we're not saved from sin we're not saved uh taken from slaves to sin and now slaves to righteousness i I mean they're they're preaching exactly what paul said may it never be uh they're preaching that sin might increase that grace might abound that's not how it works. We're saved from sin. We're not saved to sin. It's not this this progressive work. Now, there is a, a progressive work in a believer's life, sanctification, where we are daily more and more conformed to the image of Christ. But that is a whole lot different than making room for sin. Mm. That is a process mm-hmm. of being continually broken by our sin and sinning less rather mm. than almost like reveling in our sin. And that's all that the social justice can gospel can do because that's all it can do secularly is wallow in a pit of sin and blame someone else for it until you you gain power and now you're the oppressor and someone else is wallowing in the pit again it's it's like we got a bunch of competing ladders and you're you know your different intersectional points your different oppressions 
get you to climb up and down on rungs. There's always going to be someone above and always someone below. You're trapped. And that's what they want. All these ideologies, they want to trap you because that's what Satan, that's what the father of lies wants. He wants you to be trapped in a position where you are not looking to Christ for salvation from, you're looking bitterly at your neighbor, envious of what they have. So you say, well, the reason they have more than me is because of some oppression that I'm going to make up. And therefore, they need to give me their stuff. Right. They need to give it right. to me. Or it happened to my ancestors or something like that, even mm -hmm. if it didn't necessarily. Or the ancestors of the other people weren't the perpetrators. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Well, goes well, from actual oppression to a historic oppression to a theoretical or abstract oppression. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and that and that entrapping is is definitely a bitterness that it breeds is what social justice does through unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. And I, it reminds me of the uh, the parable of the unjust steward, who, of course, was forgiven of uh, of so, so much. He was uh, going, you know, going in and was forgiven of so much. And then somebody owed him a little bit and he gets all all mad about it. But he goes and it says that the master then goes and throws him. Uh, you, you know, basically in jail is, is what it's what's going and he's getting over to his tormentors. And so it's it, mm. it's not just that the social justice is a a concept of, of a false gospel, but it's, it's just like what you're saying there, Kyle. It's bred by the father of lies who wants to give these people over to their tormentors. The one who they're following wants them to be tormented and it does bring torment into their life as they just continually stay in that bitterness. I mean, isn't that just insane, guys, when you think about it? There is no joy in social justice. No, there, there's no joy in it. I mean, that's why no. Robin DiAngelo can write something like White Fragility, the book where she talks about this idea that all white people are, are fragile and all white people are inherently racist. We're all guilty of this version, this mutilated version of original sin. And she can say something like that as a, as a supposedly white person. I don't know um, what her actual ethnicity is, nor do I care. But she can say that acting like she can speak on behalf of all people who she deems to be white um, and, and then declare us all guilty. And then what does she say in, in response to that? Where's the hope? Uh, there is no hope. You have to constantly do the, the work of anti-racism. It's a worse it's, it's a works based gospel. And it's an antinomian gospel. It's it's actually a total inversion. That's what this is. This it, it, you, you point out the fact that this comes from Satan because he wants people to be stuck in that mm -hmm. and entrapped in sin. That's exactly correct. It, it, um, this is a this is a classic satanic inversion of what the actual gospel is. It's the it's the polar opposite. And what they don't realize is that you know imagine their goals are are actually achieved. And all of a sudden the, the most um, I guess the, the most esteemed per, like the, the emperor of the, of the world in their globalist worldview, because it is somehow a, a disabled uh, black trans gay, lesbian, native, American, you know, whatever they want to fill in the blank for whatever they think is a, a uh, an oppressed ethnicity. Imagine that person gets up to the very top, and then what's left? 
of that worldview. Well, the cycle would have to repeat. And then those people who are pushed down supposedly to the bottom would then get to be the new people that are, are going to be fighting against the social order. And so it's an endless cycle of constant work that is self-defeating and that mm-hmm. is ultimately godless. You, you, That's you, what this is. You, you know, in looking at this too, the, the real gospel, the, the biblical gospel, it brings forgiveness. It doesn't breed unforgiveness, but it actually brings true forgiveness into our life. It, it brings great joy. Uh, instead of bitterness, which mm-hmm. is what the social justice gospel brings. So, I mean, the fruit is completely different when you go and you look at that. But also the real gospel, it actually fix real problems that we create. It's not that the the mm. system or uh, the, go- <laughs> the, the gospel or God creates the problems. It's that we create these problems through our sin. But, but Kyle, in, in the radio show, you really kind of hit on this idea um, that – eventually you you get to a point where those who are uh, oppressed logically in this, it kind of becomes like a cycle where they would end up going and becoming the oppressors eventually. Uh, you kind of you kind of touched on that just a little bit. And when we think about that, doesn't that mean that social justice creates its own problem as well? Like it's just that continual cycle, of the own problem of uh, the cannibalistic mm-hmm. postmodernism. Yeah, it creates it creates the problem. And this is I mean, this is a common uh theological, political, uh leftist tactic is to create the problem and provide the solution. Uh oh, the solution actually perpetuates the problem. And mm-hmm. that is again, that is a satanic lie to keep people enslaved that is a key thing its attempt is to keep people enslaved in bondage to sin in bondage to these ideologies it is very dangerous very deadly there is no middle ground on these issues mm-hmm yeah, and, and that goes into something you said as well earlier, Kyle. You talked about the Stockholm Syndrome of social justice. And, and for those who don't know, the Stockholm Syndrome, this, this idea is that you've got a captor and a captive. And, and the captive eventually starts to, to see the captor as this perfect being that can, that even, even though they, they really do harm them, they mean it for, for the best. And so they continue to follow willingly into that captivity mm-hmm. and, and I, I think that that's that's a perfect way of looking at this i mean you become a slave to social justice you can be, you become a slave to sin and it keeps you on the hook for, and, and you can't get off of that unless this is the key you cannot get off of that hook unless you reject the social justice gospel and yeah. embrace the true gospel yeah that's it that's the only solution And you guys want to know what there is nothing else. You guys want to know what I think is one of the absolute best weapons uh, to go into defeat social justice and to understand social justice. Go ahead. Enemies within the church DVD enemies within the church DVD. And if you can go to enemies within the church.com, uh, you can go ahead and download or, or stream that DVD. You can also go and buy, I don't know, what two, three, four hundred 
DVDs, however many you want to buy, you can buy as many as you want. You need to go there, enemieswithinthechurch.com. And it really does go and show how uh, social justice has infiltrated the church, but it also goes and it gives the real gospel. And it really does give the process as to how to defeat social justice. So if you want to learn more about that, go to enemieswithinthechurch.com. And of course, you can also click down on the, the menu and see Wikipedia. Click there. Go there. You're going to find all kinds of awesome, great, helpful content. Uh, but I, I don't know. What, what's been uh, going on this week in wokeness, uh, no less, Micah? What's, what's been going on here? Um, it sounds like there's a lot of Anglican chaos. And uh, um, I, I don't know. You got any updates on, on crew for us? Yeah. So we've got the Anglican chaos. One of the other things that um, I don't know if I mentioned this. Did I talk about the Episcopal Church and no, their uh, affirmation? Okay, good, good. <laughs> well, I did on the Wikipedia radio segment. I know that. But uh, in this segment, I do want to talk briefly about this because the Episcopal Church is tied to the Anglican Communion. And uh, they affirm abortion. The Episcopal Church does. And uh, not only that, but they have officially condemned crisis pregnancy centers. So that not only are they pro-abortion, but they are anti anything other than abortion for women who are considering that as as a quote unquote option. So um, that's also going on within the body of the Anglican Communion. I do want to be clear for our listeners, though, because I know that there are some of you who are Anglicans. I'm friends with some of you. I'm not talking about all Anglicans, but you do need to be aware that there are other people who associate who associate themselves with you who uh, who do hold to these ridiculous and explicitly anti-Christian, anti-biblical beliefs. Another thing that's going on uh, this week is we've got crew in the news uh, because Athletes in Action is promoting leftist social justice uh, resources, including such marvelous works of social justice, leftism, as, uh, what is it, Color of Compromise by Jamar Tisby. Yes. Color of Compromise by Jamar Tisby. Uh, we also have um, them promoting Eric Mason, who authored the book on how to make your church woke. And it is entitled, not ironically, Woke Church. Um, and we, we also have them promoting the 1619 podcast, which is related to the 1619 project, which is, again... Uh, a very, very leftist project uh, that bases itself on the idea of, um, well, essentially what we've talked about, the, mm -hmm. the social justice need for unforgiveness towards people who are deemed to be white by people who are deemed to be black. This is um, something that's being promoted in Athletes in Action. And Athletes in Action is a sports ministry of crew. So they're promoting all of these things. What does it, what does this have to do with sports? By the way, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think it has anything to do with sports. Well, if you follow the I secular you world guys, at all, uh, it seems to have a lot to do with sports nowadays. Uh, if you ask the NFL, the NBA, uh, yeah. NBA, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. MLB. I'll just say this: I wouldn't be surprised if Colin Kaepernick comes out after this and and uh, bends the knee and raises the fist and goes. Yes, athletes in action. Those are my guys. You know? <laughs> oh, my um, oh, man. It's ridiculous. I, but 
This is why it's Sam, important. you have some experience with athletes in action. Didn't you, weren't you a part of that for a while before they went woke? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm the reason they went woke. No, I, I, I did some athletes in action <laughs> uh, summer camps uh, for basketball uh, pretty much all through junior, you know, middle school, junior high, elementary school. And uh, they definitely taught me how to shoot a jump shot. I mean, uh, that and, 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 you know, I remember going into that, we'd always do a devotion. It would be uh, on character building. They'd always make sure to share the gospel. Um, and, but I mean, it's completely changed. Like it, it wasn't about yeah. race. It wasn't about social justice. It, and so this is part of the problem. A lot of people had memories, just like I do, of athletes in action being good, crew or campus crusade being good. And then they go and they get yep. into this and they start giving because like I I'd love to, I mean, you know, someday I wouldn't mind going and hosting a athletes in action basketball camp. Well, I would now, but, uh, but going and looking at it, like, I, I might not have had an issue with that. You know, I'd have been like, yeah, I remember them going in, in, in being a big part of my life growing up. But now you look at it and you realize it's not the same organization. They've been infiltrated, yep. they've changed. And that's why you, you have to research this stuff and you have to quit giving to bad organizations. You have to quit supporting bad organizations you got to support good organizations like Enemies in the Church and Wikipedia. Yep, that's right. And and we're going to have to call out Crew here um, as one of those organizations that has unfortunately gone woke. One of the other things that we need to mention, um, because this is really important to us as, as Wikipedia, we want to see repentance in oh, yeah. these groups. That's, that's our goal ultimately is for repentance Amen. and restoration. We don't want to just bash people for the sake of bashing them. There's no sense in that. It's not going to be helpful. What we're doing is we're calling out what's going on um, in the world because we have compassion on these people. Ironically, I know that we wouldn't be called compassionate by a lot of the lefties <laughs> out there, but that's our motivation. We have Christian charity, and we have a desire to see them repent because it's a wonderful thing. I mean, it, the angels in heaven rejoice when just one person repents. Imagine if a whole organization like this repented of uh, of the social justice anti-gospel. Well, Kyle, you got any questions for Micah? Questions for Micah? Uh, I don't think I really have any questions because I think he's, he's stated things pretty pretty clearly and pretty unambiguously, uh, both on where things are at in the evangelical world, you know, showing examples of wokeness infecting what used to be trustworthy organizations. And, I mean, they prey on that on purpose, but also uh, showing our heart in this, that we're not here to condemn. Con I mean, I echo John three sixteen through 18. Christ didn't come to condemn. The condemnation was already there. We're not here to condemn. We're exposing the condemnation that already exists. We're calling for repentance. We're calling for repentance from anyone that's listening to this that might have been swept up or confused by these ideas. And if you have questions, reach out to us. Uh, contact information is in the description wherever you're getting this podcast but also contact Wikipedia at gmail.com. Contact Wikipedia at gmail.com. We want to clarify things. We want to hear from you to make sure that we are 
clear because we want to make sure that we are truly representing Christ and his gospel so that Amen. you are not lost in the muck and the mud and being abused by people that will not set you free. We want to take you to the one person, to Jesus Christ, who can set you free. Amen. 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 And real quick, guys, uh, before we get going here, because we're going to have to, we're running short on time. I do want to encourage you guys one more time to go to the website, www.enemieswithinthechurch.com. And, uh, you know, this isn't uh, something that, uh, this is something that costs us money. So we would love yeah. it if you donated. Um, if you feel so led, please donate to us. You can donate right there on the website. Um, and again, uh, like Kyle was saying, contact us. And uh, we are getting through the emails. Uh, there's a lot of you guys who have contacted us so far. I promise we're seeing them and we're praying about them. We can't respond to everyone all of the time, um, but we're taking your thoughts into consideration. And we've heard a lot of good success yeah. stories from this. So we appreciate you all and uh, keep listening to us. That's right. Remember, Jesus Christ came down. He died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. And whosoever believes in him shall be saved. It tells us in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, then thou shalt be saved. And so if you have not done that, we would ask you to do that today. We would plead with you to do that today because it is the only way that you can be saved. Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father and to heaven. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day. And don't Remember? go woke. Ah, you beat me to it. <laughs> God bless you all.